Hello, everybody. This is Cody Bateman. Welcome to the Relationship Marketing Podcast Show. We're very excited to have yet another conversation today about relationship marketing and about how we can uh, be a kinder, gentler people out there in the world of business as well as in our personal lives. So we're, uh, we're very excited. We're always excited to have new guests come on every single week and share their expertise and share a little bit about their own uh, uh, unique industries. We've, we've featured a lot of different industries on this, uh, on this show. And it's really fun to learn from people in different industries, you know, how, how their industry works, you know, their line of work, type of uh, unique things to their own profession, and then how relationship marketing seems to apply so similar in basically any different type of industry. Today, we have the supplemental healthcare industry is going to be featured. So all of the, those in the healthcare business, uh, supplemental healthcare uh, industry, we're going to talk a lot about that. We have a very special guest on with us today. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce that guest. His name is Jim Stedman, resides out of Riverton, Utah, uh, with Supplemental Healthcare. He's a regional vice president at Supplemental Healthcare. So, Jim, welcome to our show today. Thank you, Cody. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. You've got a lot of great stories and, and, and a lot of cool stuff. So we're going to jump right in and get going uh, first of all, I just want to share a little bit about you. Um, supplemental healthcare is in the health. You're in the healthcare staffing. You're, you're part of a healthcare staffing company, uh, managing 20 offices in the Midwest and the West. So you you uh, you manage a lot of people. Can you just share with us just what is what is healthcare staffing? Just share with us what it is exactly you do. You know, Cody, the staffing industry, what we do in the, in the healthcare staffing is provide nurses and therapists for facilities that are short on staff and need clinicians to be able to care for patients. Okay, so you, yeah, so you've got a whole network of people and, and so like a hospital will call you and say, we need X amount of people and then you find them and, and send them there or how's that work? Absolutely, yeah. We actually... In our business, we, we have two clients, basically. We reach out and build relationships with nurses and therapists. We build relationships of trust that will find them good careers. And then we reach out to facilities, whether they're hospital administrators or long-term care facilities, and we provide them the right clinician that cares for the patients and the illnesses or diseases they have. So is it kind of like temporary, like yeah. temporary services? Yeah, it, it's a temporary service more on a long-term basis where our clinicians will stay as employees for them on a long-term basis. Okay. So, so so the goal is they'd stay long-term. Sometimes it might be short-term. I'm just trying to associate like, that's kind of like the assistant teacher for the, for education or. Absolutely. um, Cody. Yeah. Okay. So great. Yeah. So you've got (laughs) to, you got to understand networking pretty good. You got to keep track of a lot of people. And uh, be able to call on people in a very quick way. uh, So are there times where like a hospital will call and say, we need X amount of qualified nurses and or specialists like today. We got to have them right now. I mean, do you have that kind of stuff happen or? Yeah, we do. Uh, More on a rare occasion, but there are times when the census is up, the needs high and they need people as quickly as possible. So how do you go about finding those people? I mean, I'm sure you have this big database and, you know, of, of a lot of it. Because 
this isn't like just going out and find somebody to flip hamburgers. I mean, you got to, you no. th- these are specialists. These are highly educated specialists with experience. How do you create a network like that? So we, we look at all the different ways that we can network with people. So social media is a big area. Uh, we, we use the boards, Indeed, Monster, Career Builder. Um, word of mouth is probably our biggest one. So when we build a relationship of trust with a nurse or a therapist and they've experienced that we've taken care of them in their career, they'll refer others to say, come and work for us. And so just about any way that we can have touch points that they can see that we can help more individuals with their careers. We, we work hard to build those relationships. So you manage 20 different offices. So t- tell us, and this, this is in the West Midwest area. Correct. So like what, what's just give me an example of, of different cities that would be in there. So in the Midwest, uh, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, Denver, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then so, moving West, um, the whole West coast. And you're based in Riverton, Utah. By the way, this this is kind of cool. First time I've had a guest on that's from my my hometown. Like you live awesome. about three miles away from me. So <laughs> yeah, we're close. That's kind of small. That's that's about as small world as you can get. So it's kind of cool to have that uh, commonality there. So do you travel a lot? Do you go to these different places, or do you do mostly uh, re- uh, remotely? I travel a lot. Um, most every week, I'm on the road visiting marketplaces. So when you do that, when you go visit marketplaces, what exactly are you doing? There's a number of things I do. I'll spend, I'll spend a small amount of my time working in the office and just going over activity, going over successes and what they're doing. The biggest part of what I do is I'll spend a lot of time out either meeting or working with nurses and therapists and then with hospital administrators. And so we get right in the weeds of trying to find out more about their business to ensure we're putting the right clinician out there. As you can imagine, there's so many specialties, like in nursing. If you don't put the right nurse with the skills and experience in the right environment, people get hurt. Yeah. And so I spend a lot of my time in, in facilities, making sure we understand and know their environment. And then on the offside, we'll do mixers and get together with our nurses and build stronger relationships and just get to know them. So you really have two sides of your business where you're creating relationship. You got the, the, uh, uh, you got the hospital side, right. And then you have these independent, uh, practitioner side. So you've got to work both of these networks on a continual basis. And in your case, in 20 different cities. So how many, and just, just out of curiosity, uh, like at, at those 20, uh, those 20 cities or those 20, yeah, 20 different offices. Um, how many hospitals would you say you represent? Ooh. Well, in those 20 different marketplaces, I would probably say well over 500 hospitals or healthcare facilities of any and then, type. And then how many practitioners? Thousands. So this is a big deal. I mean, we're talking, I can see that uh, computer screen behind you there. I'm sure you've got, I'm sure you yeah. have this database of, the, the, I mean, that's a lot of people. Absolutely. That you need to manage and create relationships. So we really want to kind of dig into how you do that. I mean, how, first of all, you got to maintain relationship with lots of businesses, or excuse me, lots of hospitals, as well as the whole practitioner side. Um Tell us a little bit about some of the things you do to, to create relationship. This is a relationship marketing show. Right. 
And we put more emphasis on relationship than we do on marketing. In fact, our motto is 80% of the time should be about genuine relationships with people. And 20% of the time is about marketing. And if you keep that formula going, you know, you'll be able to implement true relationship marketing principles. So I want, I want you to kind of teach us how you do that in this profession. Cause you got two sides you got to work with. Both are unique. Um, you know, so just share with us some of the things that you do to create relationship with both. Well, um, let's talk about the clinician side, Cody. First, uh, working with nurses and therapists, my offices will do a lot of the recruiting and building that relationship of trust to bring a, a candidate in. At my level, at the RVP level, I work hard to be able to connect with them as they become a member of the supplemental healthcare family and let them know that they're of value and that we will be good career agents for them. And so a couple of things that I do when we have uh, new nurses and therapists that join us, uh, I'll send out an email first for first and foremost, email to welcome them. And then what I do also is I have every one of my offices on every Friday, they send me one clinician and uh, every Friday I take the last half of my day and I write thank you cards or welcome cards and send them out to them. Uh, thanking them from a VP level for working with us. And so that's my Friday afternoon. But when I go into a marketplace, if I've got a nurse who's been with us for years, um, I'll take them to lunch, you know, and do an anniversary lunch with them, or I'll take them uh, to the, uh, have a birthday lunch with them. And so I try and connect with my clinicians as much as possible but a lot of the relationship building is at the branch level because I focus more on, on the client side with the administrators, which takes a larger part of my time. So you, you, uh, you're in a supervisory role. You, you manage a lot of different offices. So I'm sure you teach others to do the same thing. You teach others to reach out with thank you cards and take people to lunch and different things like that. How, does that duplicate well? I mean, do your people do it like you do it? I mean, how does that, how does that work? Yeah. So, I, obviously, I can't reach out to everybody. Right. So, I'll reach out to some of our, our top clinicians. But we do things like what we call bump email. And we have little things that we can put in, in a card, in an envelope, that will go through the mail and have a card of a thank you or birthday, but plus a little gift in there as well. The offices on a weekly basis, have a list of people that we will send out bump email. Um, for Christmas, we sent them socks rather than a gift, a Christmas card. Um, we sent them socks for the holidays. Wow. And so there are strategic things that we have to do on a weekly basis in the office to reach out, to have more of a human side. Because the challenge is, Cody, is these individuals touch and talk and work with human beings every day. Right. And for us to think that we can text or email and still build that relationship is wrong. And so we find ways to be in front of them and to touch them on a personal side because that's how they relate to us more because that's how they do what they do in their jobs. Wow, that's really powerful. Um, I, I want to share something here. I got a couple of notes from our pre-show. Um, in 2007, you took, uh, took 13 offices and targeted seven of their biggest prospects that would not give them the time of day. So you dealt with seven clients 
uh, seven gifts in seven weeks. I'm not exactly yeah. sure what those notes mean, but I want you to share with us <laughs> what, what that was and what that experience was. So Cody, this is fun. This is when it really gets to be a lot of fun to leverage a sales blitz. But what we did is we qualified clients that we knew we could help them in the staffing world. And this is when I was in commercial staffing. So production labor warehouses and we qualified the client, but the client has relationships with other vendors. And so we just couldn't talk to them. They mm -hmm. wouldn't give us the time of day as we dropped by or we tried to respond to them. So what we did is we chose seven items that we were going to drop off for seven weeks and try and get in front of seven clients. Uh, you know, real profound, we call it the 777 uh, blitz. Okay. But bottom line is the first one had, that has always, I've done this several times, is we deliver a pie. Okay. So we built a flyer that had a, a pie on there and we'd have a saying like, we don't want a piece of, we don't want the whole pie. We just want a piece of your pie. And nice. I don't know if too many people or salespeople walk into a facility with a pie, but we get looks. The first three visits, we don't even ask for the decision maker. We just drop off the pie and tell them, would you make sure they get them? So every Thursday, for seven weeks, everybody's out there blitzing. We're texting. We're showing pictures. We're, we're t sharing experiences of walking in with a pie. That night, once we're done, we send a card. And that card was a follow-up. So it had the same pie image, but talked about, did you get the pie? Did you enjoy it? And then a little bit more about what we can do. So in the staffing world, as you know, Cody, the most expensive part of any P&L is labor costs. Right. And so I'm billing labor costs and there has to be trust that I'm going to get the right people there. So when I qualified a client, but they don't give me the time of day, this 777 program got us in the door to at least start to talk. So we've delivered pies, watermelons, summertime, uh, beach towels, you know, pumpkins, um, lemonade coolers. And the first three visits, once again, no visit, no, no, no try and make contact. That fourth visit, we'll walk in and start to say, hey, we'd like to talk with them. Can we drop this off to them? Inevitably, they're coming out and they're starting to talk. And we've been able to bridge that gap. And in what we hear from these clients is we've just never been treated like this. It's a strategic plan to start to build a relationship of trust. But we've leveraged a drop off and a car to stay and have touch points for 14 weeks and then build trust. From that, 82% of that client list, so 13 offices, seven clients, 82% came out and we started having discussions. Wow. 52% of the 82 were, became customers. Yeah, those are some impressive numbers. Very, <laughs> you talk about a marketing campaign, those are impressive numbers. You know, you, you, you basically, um, you basically hit 82% of everybody you did. And then 52% of that becomes a, a new client of yours. It's incredible. But here's what I want to kind of talk a little bit about. You've taken a marketing strategy and it, clearly that was, you know, the, it, it's a marketing strategy. So all you business people out there that see on this show, this show is about relationship marketing and most people focus on the second word, not the first. And we talk a lot about the importance of focusing on the first word more than the second word. In fact, uh, all of your interactions with prospects or customers or clients or anybody for that matter should be 
uh, 80% of the time about the relationship and 20% of the time uh, specifically Absolutely. about the marketing or the sell. I've, I, I see that brilliance in this very story you just told, this strategy of the 777. What did you do the first three or four times in those offices? It wasn't about, hey, I'm, I'm here to sell you something. I'm just here to have some fun, you know, give you a piece of pie, you know, right. get, get to know you as a human being kind of thing. So I think that's really important. It's real powerful. What I like about this is, I mean, it, 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 the 777 is a very, it's a, make no mistake, it is a marketing strategy for sure. It is a sales strategy for you to generate new business. So for all of our business people listening, this is full on marketing strategy. However, in the 777, what is your focus? The first three or four touches, it's all about relationship. Right. And so what do you attribute to getting the 82% people, 82% of people to respond and 52% of the people to actually become a client? Cody, what, I, what was the boy, success here? I think it's real simple. Um, the drop-offs, I, I think the cards, the cards were what I heard most about is getting the card. And, and I think what's, we live in a world where we micro every second of our day. Right. And we leverage technology to get so much done. But we forget that getting a card in the mail and opening something physical up and reading it has an effect that's more of a human touch. And that's what we heard about is, I mean, the pies and the pumpkins and everything, they laughed about that. Yeah. But they loved that there was a follow-up that was very personal to say, we want to talk to you. you know, we want to see if we can help you and do and, – and, and, the 52%, we talked to a lot of clients, but we weren't in a, an environment to where we could provide the workforce for them, but we still built the relationship. But they talked sp specifically about how that marketing campaign made us very human to them yeah, and not just another sales person. It was a way of saying, we truly think we can help you. Well, and so that touch was a greeting card. So the difference yes. between a greeting card and a bro what's the difference between a greeting card and a brochure or a form 10 letter? I mean, what's the difference? Well, the greeting card is personal and, and they don't look at it from a business aspect. They look at it because it's addressed right to them about their world and everything else kind of has a standard sales pitch or, you know, um, talks about a company that card doesn't say anything about we want to see if we can help you and leverage our workforce for you to be successful yeah that's good stuff they say a greeting card is 11 times more likely to be open than any other piece of mail and so you uh obviously have been right. able to leverage that um uh, so yeah, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit. Uh, you also use, uh, this system. You, you have a greeting card system that you use, um, and our company has sent out cards. So you've used sent out cards, uh, through the years. And it says here that you also use our system to show appreciation and celebrate employees and managers achievements. So, so tell us a little bit about how you do that. Well, um, number one, I, in the environment I'm in, once my, I call it managing up where my managers have to tell me just some heroic things that happen in the offices. If you can manage, we work with, with human beings every day. And so crazy things happen, but sometimes you just have people who go above and beyond. And so managing up is I get emails about just things that people do that they think have gone unnoticed. 
So it gives me the opportunity, once again, with my Friday cards to send out a card and be very specific about what I heard about or I observed and built those relationships. It makes it very easy, Cody, to where, you know, in business, there's always opportunities where things need to be better. So when you're sitting down with somebody and you're coaching them up, there's trust that I'm a human being that knows them. And so when I'm kind of giving the coaching of how they need to do better, it's received to where we actually move forward and we can change behaviors. So I've leveraged cards on birthdays, on anniversaries, and just those moments to be able to build trust and have people follow some of the directives that need to happen and sometimes change their behaviors. So I've heard of the, you've heard of the sandwich effect when you're trying to manage people, you know, you, 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 there's, there's a core issue that needs to be corrected. So the sandwich effect is, is that you start with a compliment and things they're doing well. And the middle of the sandwich is where you, directly address the issue at hand that they need to improve on. And then the, the, the end of the sandwich or the other part of the sandwich is where you shower them with kindness again. So shower right. them with kindness, give them the, give them the uh, constructive criticism, shower them with kindness at the end. And they, they call it the sandwich effect. And that, that's what I thought of when you were saying that. And you actually right. use cards, real physical, tangible cards, greeting cards as part of that process, which I think is really cool. And you said something about coaching up. Tell us what coaching up is. In an environment where their, their current uh, activities aren't meeting at minimum expectations, we talk about and we, we basically dissect how they're managing their week and their time and finding areas where that may be their blind side. And then we can coach up and train them and help them get better in that environment. So if I got a recruiter that builds relationships, but doesn't know how to really close that nurse. So we talk about how, what they're doing is getting them to one point and stopping coaching up builds those tools that they can have success and bring that qualified nurse on. So when you travel around to these different offices, this is a lot of what you're probably doing, right? You're, you're right. doing the, the coaching up with your recruiters and what a fascinating business. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny because we all get caught in our own world and what we do for a living and we don't realize all the other fascinating ways that people make a living. You know, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. I didn't even know there was a, you know, a, a highly uh, specialized recruiting thing where, where highly specialized temporary service where you're putting somebody into place like that. I didn't even know that existed, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, and and it's very you know it's it's uh it's a big industry it's very sophisticated and right. you've shared some of that sophistication with us i i love stories you know and you've got some great ones jim and uh there's a story here about you sending a card and a gift uh to someone after they lost their parents and uh this this kind of gets down to the heart of what the card sending is all about can you share that story with us real quick yeah, it was years ago, and uh, I had a great client in, in Cincinnati, and we'd built some trust, and we, we had helped them with the workforce that uh, they built a whole new LTAC facility, and we provided a lot of great clinicians, and I was there a lot to help get this structured. Uh, he was an only child, and um, both his parents had passed away in a car accident, tragically, and um, 
my manager in Cincinnati just saw the suffering as he, he went through the funeral and he caught back to work and how he just was a little disjointed. Just, he was in unbalanced. He had lost two of the most important people in his world. And I knew the guy and I just, I didn't feel like I could just email, you know, um, I, I just felt there was a way that I needed to let him know that, you know, people still care and think about him. So I, I sent him a card and I, and, and uh, there was this, this little medallion that he could put on his desk. And I forget what the saying was. I apologize. It's been years ago, but I waited about two weeks after when he was back to work and he was just trying to start a new life and just, uh, and figure out how things work without parents. So I sent him this card and this medallion and within about a month, uh, I was back in the Ohio marketplace at the time. And, um, and we were doing a tour. We had toured the LTAC facility and just made sure everything was working. And we went to his office and, um, he had had that medallion that, on his desk. And as we were talking, he just grabbed that medallion and he just said, uh, he said, this, this just meant everything to me. I just, sorry. I just, the reaction that he had, I didn't expect. I was just, I felt bad and I just wanted to send something to say I care. I didn't expect it to be something that he keeps that medallion to remember his parents at work and that they're still with him. And I, it was just, it left such a profound impression upon me that little things like that, you just don't know how it affects their life and helps them in a positive way my intention wasn't for that medallion to be anywhere. It, my intention was just to tell him, and you know, another guy just loves him and just hopes he's okay. Here's, here's what's interesting about that story. First of all, thank you for sharing that. I know it's a, it's a very personal story to you. And it's interesting that uh, several years have gone by since that has happened. And still, when you tell a story, you get emotional about it. And this is what's important, Jim. And this is what I want to talk about as we finish up our, our interview here. I really want to talk about this. You know, you're a very caring, it's, it's obvious. You're a very caring, loving kind of guy that, you know, you, you, you create relationships for the sake of creating a relationship. And you can tell that just by the way you tell your stories and everything else. What I think it's important for us to all talk about is, why in today's day and age, it's so important to create this genuine human connection like you just did. Here was this guy, you kind of know him, you know the situation, you send him a card, uh, which had a profound effect on him, which by the way, in turn, had a profound effect on you. Right. And it's that double, it's, it's, it's not, these, these interactions are never one-sided. It's not Hey, I sent the card to somebody and it made them feel good. No, you sent the card and the gift to somebody and made them feel good. You saw the the result of it and and the effect it had on them, which trans literally it transformed your life. I could tell in the way you told the story, you reaching out transformed your life. That's the the human connection part that we're trying to teach people. So I want I want you. I'm going to put you on the spot here just for a second, but I want you to right. talk about that. The importance of of human connection, both being the sender and the receiver, how important that is today, and what kind of things can we do in this crazy negative, let's face it, negative world that we live in, social media and all the crazy stuff, 
what can we do to, to get ourselves refocused again on human connection both ways, sending out positivity, receiving positivity, and having the effect that you just portrayed in that story? What, what can we do? Well, Cody, you have to make it a part of your life. And if it's not a part of your life, you have to change your behaviors to do it. And so I truly feel you have to seek it out. So you and I have a lot of connections on Facebook. And as we go through Facebook, we can hear about people doing celebrating things and doing heroic things or struggling. We can read that and scroll on or we can do something about it. And I think we truly need to every day find a moment, just like, just like for me, every Friday afternoon, I'm sending out 20 cards. You have to decide that you're going to make it a part of your life. Because like you just talked about, as you do that, as I manage a lot of people, and as some of these people are struggling and need to be coached up, that phone call, that card to say, I believe in you, is huge for them. And it's the biggest part of their day. And so many times I've had people call back or send a card back and said, it's what I needed. So if we look at the reciprocation of us giving out, it comes back. We just don't know how. But I truly believe, Cody, if we choose not to make it a part of our life, we'll just keep getting busier. Mm -hmm. But it is a moment to say, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to add a personal touch because as you and I know, it's the personal touch just slowly is going away. We can choose to make somebody's life better. And it's even a simple thing. You know, I have a daughter that just has struggled. She, she um, sells things online. And she just had, I was on watching her one night and she just had somebody attack her, mm -hmm. you know, and, and some of the things that happen in social media, like you said, it's a negative thing, but following up on a phone call to say, Kylie, I know you're awesome. Don't ever let that. And then I followed up with the card yeah. and just made it very personal to her. It makes the world a better place for both of us and the rest of the world can go around and do whatever they want. But it's a moment, it's a defining moment for just us to love people more and actually be a bigger part of their life because they trust us to tell us more about who they are. You know, it's interesting. I, I loved what you shared about an, act, an activity to do on Facebook. You know, look for people's celebrations and even for people's challenges and take that as an opportunity to reach out to them in a positive way. Your example is to send them a greeting card. And with, you know, technology today, you can cut and paste pictures of them right, right. On, on the card and send the card to them and, and, and make a positive impact. I want you to know, Jim, that, that, that uh, I appreciate you very much sharing that because that was actually transformational for me right now. I mean, I'm, we all go through little stages and we, we, we all have our love-hate relationship with, uh, at least I think we do, we all have our love-hate relationship with social media. There's days when we, we love do. it, there's days when we hate it. <laughs> and I happen to be on one of the down cycles where I'm not too fond of social media right now just because of a lot of negativity that goes on there. And, and, and you go through those stages where you just don't want to, you just don't want to get on there anymore. You don't, I don't, I don't, you know, you don't want to get on at all. You don't want to participate. You just want to shut your phone off. I mean, I told my wife this morning, in fact, I told her, I says, you know, I want to get a flip phone. I want to, I want to put this smartphone <laughs> in the drawer and go back and give me a flip phone. So I don't have to look at all that stuff. But what, what's interesting and what was transformational for me is I'm in, I'm in a business 
And you're in a business where we have to be on social media. I mean, we, yeah. we have to participate when it's part of our audience. We got to, it's an interaction that we have with our audience of business people. And so you've got to be on there, but how do you get on there and how do you do what you need to do without getting drug into that negativity? And I think you just hit it on the head. It's all about what you focus on. You know, there's, there's always going to be the naysayers. There's always going to be the critics. There's always right. going to be the people that are trying to start a debate or a fight or talk politics or whatever. But your focus is, look, there, there's always people on there celebrating. There's always people on there sharing challenges. So there's always an opportunity for me to reach out in a positive way to those people. And, and um, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shift my focus when I'm scrolling the news feeds. I'm going to shift my focus. Now, I do some of that already. Like, I'll celebrate people I see on social media here and there. But I want to make that a conscious effort for myself that when I'm doing news feeds, that, that that's my focus. And I think if that becomes the focus, then the naysaying stuff, you kind of scroll by it. You know, right. I'm not focused on that. I'm, I'm focused on finding somebody that I can reach out to. So that's cool, man. I appreciate that example yeah. and getting into the habit of doing that, that every single day. So yeah, this is really good stuff. Relationship marketing at its very best. It's all about relationships, creating genuine human connection. Um, just any, anything else you want to share with us? Any other stories that come top of mind to you is what you've done over the years to reach out to others. Go ahead. You know, probably the last story, I, I, as I'm listening to you and as we've gone through this podcast, probably the one thing that was very profound to me is when it came back to me, uh, eight years ago, my father passed away of Alzheimer's and um, the showering of gifts of cards and, and flowers at his funeral. I remember walking into the funeral home, uh, first time to see my father, you know, um, after he had passed away and to read the cards, uh, how a profound effect with all these people that I'd made touch points and relationships with that were mourning with me, um, just supported me and buoyed me up in a moment where, you know, I lost the most important man in my life. And so that reciprocation was unexpected, but all these people just talked about, some of the things, the touch points that I'd made in the cards, you know, or the phone calls that I'd made. And I just didn't expect that, nor I don't send them out for anything to come back. And in that moment where I struggled, I found great strength knowing that people all across the country that day knew where I was at and were praying and, and suffering with me to some degree. It changed my life to where like you talked about, even scrolling Facebook, I've just chosen, it's a choice that I make, that I'm going to make a bigger difference than I've been. And every day I seek out ways to do it. Boy, that's powerful. It's really good. I had a similar experience when my dad passed away is just the showering of kindness that came from all over the country, you know, was just incredible. And yeah, it just, it does. It has a very profound effect on you. In fact, you know, we had many people and I, I remember I tell a story about my brother passing away many, many years ago. And, and, uh, it's a story that, that, you know, he, he, tra he tragically passed away in an accident and that story kind of, uh, turned into an idea for me to start the business called send out cards. So I tell the story a lot, but I remember when, and this is a long time ago, this is like in 1989. Uh -huh. I remember 
uh, being at my, my brother's funeral and we had a, a viewing before the funeral where people could come in and console the family and those kinds of things. And I was just, I was blown away by the people that traveled in to pay tribute, right. like all over the country, like people traveled from clear across the country or, or across state or made a huge effort to be there. And it's just amazing that, that when you see those people walk through that back door, the emotional impact it has on you. Yeah. Talk about human connection. And, and so from that day forward, I decided, you know, I, I want to be that person. I want to be the guy that shows up. Right. You know, and, and, and so when you tell that story, it reminds me, you know, you, you can pretend to care, but you can never pretend to show up. Absolutely. And so, you know, I, it's just little things like that. And especially in today's day and world, how much that's needed, you know, how much it's needed to, to have those things. You know, I, I was sitting in the hot tub this morning and uh, I always have deep thoughts in the hot tub, you know, just kind of think about <laughs> things, meditate a little bit. And I don't know where all this came from, but I just, I just kind of had, had thought probably it was, it was thinking about all the stuff that happens on social media that you don't like. And, uh, the, the, the thought that came to me is that, you know what, in, in my life going forward, I don't do hate. I don't do drama. I don't do negativity and I don't do gossip. And I just don't, I'm not going to do those things. And if you're going to do those things and want to bring me in, I'm just going to politely excuse myself. Right. And I, th I think that's so important today. Uh, don't do those things. Do the things that Jim talked about today. You know, I'm going to scroll and find people to celebrate. I'm going to scroll yeah. and find people that are having challenges and try to reach out to them. I'm going to be the guy that shows up. I'm going to stay positive no matter what. And I, I just think that those things are powerful, Jim. And you're a you're just a great example of that. It's it's been a delight to to interview you today and to see your passion for those kinds of things. So in in closing, I'm just going to ask you a couple closing questions. I like to ask most of our guests when they come on because I'm always interested. I'm a big reader. I love to read. I think books have had a huge impact on my life. So I always like to ask our our guess, you know, what is your favorite book of all time that's affected you the most and why? Um, probably the one that I have, I read consistently um, is Leadership and Self-Deception. And it talks very specifically about relationships and how you either create relationships. It talks about the, for, the they use the metaphor of being in the box. And it talks about when you're in the box, you don't look at other people's perspective. You only look at your own. And in doing that, you miss out on opportunities to build relationships. And so that would be the strong, that would be the book that every year I read to remind myself of the basic principles of leadership and the relationship that should be built. So the name of the book and who's the author? Uh, leadership and Self-Deception by the Arbiger Institute. Okay, great. Excellent. I'll make sure I, I do not have that. Most, most of the people uh, uh, mentioned books that I've already read. They're in my library. I love it when I get new ones. So we'll make sure that I get that. And because uh, I, I got to tell you, based on this interview today, whatever's inspiring you and what you're reading, I want to read. So I, I think that'll be cool. Appreciate that. One final question. How do you want to most be remembered? Wow. I was just a good guy. You know, I, I'm just an average, ordinary guy, Cody, like just everybody else. 
but I'd like to be remembered that I actually cared, you know, for other people. Well, brother, you are being remembered that way. You are a guy that cares, and we appreciate you being on the show with us today. So there you have it, my friends. Incredible. Jim Stedman from Riverton, Utah. Appreciate all of the uh, words of wisdom today. And uh, thank you for all of those who uh, got on here. You may have been invited to come on the Relationship Marketing Podcast. You know, get back with with the people that invite you on here and find out how Jim does some of this greeting card stuff and and there's all kinds of tools and things out there to help you be nice to other people. And th- that's what we recommend that you do. So uh, appreciate you, Jim, and take care, Thanks. everybody. We'll see you on another episode. Take care now. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of Relationship Marketing with Cody B., be sure to subscribe to the show. Leave a review so that together we can get this message out to the world.